Well, hello and welcome to the Gospel Points Podcast, where the gospel is the point. Once again, I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. Thanks again for joining us for another week. And uh, we've got, uh, we're continuing this week our series, uh, our look at depression from a Christian perspective. But before we get to today's interview, we're going to get to this week's poll question from Twitter. And again, you can follow me uh, at Kevin J. Thompson there on Twitter. This week's poll question is, how do you mark in your Bible? And the options given were, well, I would never mark in my Bible or a highlighter. Number three, a pen or pencil. Or number four, my Bible app is great. So those are the, the four options. And of those, the winner of this week's poll was Highlighter. Highlighter was the was the poll uh, was the winner of the poll question. Um, as for me, I I wouldn't use the highlighter in the Bible. I don't like it. I, the pages are way too thin. Uh, I'm I'm going with a pencil. I would I, I mark all over my Bibles. I have yet to find a Bible app that I enjoy. Um, that I that I found consistent. I'm just, you know, maybe I'm a bit a bit of a luddite or whatever. But I just I'm still not into the Bible app thing yet. So maybe at some point I'll be dragged into that uh, that whole equation. But until then, I'm using a regular Bible with my pencil in hand. Uh, I thought just found out just the the best way for me. Anyway, uh, let's get to our our interview for this week. And I'm doing that because he's already on the line. Uh, Jim Oakley, welcome to the Gospel Points Podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Good to be here. Well, Jim, uh, we're going to talk about the issue of depression. That's something that, that you've taught on. You've been in ministry now for over 15 years. And when when I first met you, you were a, a youth pastor there in uh, Roscoe, Illinois. And uh, I have to say the first thing that stood out to me about you, uh, the first message I, I heard you preach uh, in the chapel where where I teach, uh, I I hate to say it, it's nothing theological, but your impression of the six million dollar man, the little uh, the jumping <laughs> noise, for whatever reason, sticks out in my mind, and that's just what I, I just associate that with you now. Uh, even if I see a random reference on TV to it, I, I think of that message. So uh, you've reached my soul, I guess. All good. I'm glad. Well, those wonderful illustrations that that stick in your heart that mean the world. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, let, let's get to our our topic. Of course, again, is is depression, and so I'm going to ask just the, the first question. Walk us through your personal journey with that. Sure. Um, well, I can. It's kind of interesting um, when I think about depression, where it started in my life, how it came about. Uh, if I were to backtrack, I would say that in my teen years, I went through a form of teenage depression. Uh, my mom would probably say so as well. There was a time at which I would just come home and, and, and just want to sleep the rest of my life away and just tune out the rest of the world and not deal with it. There was just uh, a lot of stress and strain at, at school, and there were times, uh, even as a teen, that I had thought of um, taking my life, but during that time, uh, God was still working on me. He still had a grip on me, and he uh, he reined me in many times. Um, you know, plus, I, I'm kind of a coward. I, I didn't want to do anything violent to myself. That was mm. always kind of scary, but I always kind of had a, a sense of that. Uh, but I remember him kind of almost uh, just speaking directly to my soul and saying, Jim, uh, you have so much to live for. You have um, family and friends. You don't want to leave them behind with this. 
uh, and with all that pain, um, that's all you'd be doing. Even though sometimes, uh, you know, I know when a depressed person is feeling that way, they kind of want them to feel their pain and to know that. But I, I kind of came to the conclusion that God was right. I had so much more, plus I had him to live for. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, for a while, God really helped me dig out of that. Uh, there was a lot of different things that brought me through that. Uh, one of them, I think, was coming to own my own faith um, and uh, reading the scripture for myself and digging into that found to be a, uh, a great source of strength through a lot of different trials. But then it, what happened basically, um, well, about a year and a half ago, um, my wife of eight years, Victoria, had a stroke while we were out eating at Panera one evening. And um, 10 days later, after they tried to remove a golf ball-sized tumor from her brain, um, she passed due to an embolism. Um, for the following year, I tried to keep pour, pouring myself into ministry and keep going in spite of all this. And everybody kept saying, oh, Jim, God's going to use you, and it's going to be a great thing because God only gives these big things to people he thinks are strong enough to handle them. And I was just, I was in some ways believing that lie and trying to carry a lot of weight on my own until really I just came to a point where I couldn't anymore. I couldn't. I was trying to do a lot of it under my own strength, and that was a big part of the problem. But um, I found myself just sinking into a pit of depression where I just wanted to, kind of like when I was a teen, just sleep, just turn out the world, just escape, be done. I had thoughts frequently about, oh, God, please just take my life. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be where Victoria is, where you are, where all good things are. This world, as I look at it, is just sin-ridden and depressing, and I just wanted to escape. Um, I just wanted to escape in any which way I could. But of course, again, the Lord <laughs> continued to say to me, and, and, and the same kind of message you were saying before, but Jim, your family, me, you have something to live for. And until I call you home, you don't get to come. I'm sorry. But you're going to have to deal with this and walk through this. And it was... I call it, frankly, the year from hell. It was, in many ways, just sitting in darkness and, 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 and just a heaviness upon my soul, so strong that I just I did not find any joy in the things that I did. Um, I had a hard time bringing myself up. The only time I felt good, honestly, Kevin, was when I was at church, hmm. um, when I was serving, when I was actually, you know, opportunities to preach the gospel when I was able to do that, that's when I felt like my life had, had meaning and value and significance. That's when I felt the best about myself, honestly. Hmm. It was those times when I was alone, um, when the house was empty and no one was around. Um, those were the darkest and more difficult times. Um, I was actually diagnosed uh, by a psychiatrist, a Christian psychiatrist, uh, with uh, a form of PTSD. Hmm. which I totally did not expect. <laughs> right. Um, but given the suddenness of it, after thinking about it for a while, I started to see that that was definitely the case. My body um, was not in the same place where I felt that I was spiritually, um, and my mind now yeah, was just racing to keep up with all of it. And so um, uh, I actually, you know, this will go to a question I'm sure you'll ask later, but I actually for uh, some time I uh, was on antidepressants, some mild ones, not, not terribly severe, but 
just to help my body heal and cope, to get my uh, brain back into uh, a normal um, chemical-producing state uh, where, you know, serotonin and those other chemicals were back in, in correct flux. But during that time, it wasn't just uh, a chemical um, solution. Uh, I, I was meeting together with a good friend of mine who's a Christian uh, counselor and um, also just talking it through and working it through with a lot of other friends and my fellow pastors. And um, I was surrounded by a community of faith and prayer. And there are so many, so many different little aspects that did help lift me out of it. So that's kind of my, my journey. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, it felt like sometimes I was making two steps forward and three steps back, and sometimes I was just doing a weird tango with myself. Um, and uh, and it, it, was, it was difficult. Um, but I give God all the credit for all the different graces that he gave me to enable me to kind of come to where I am now, um, where I do feel centered, balanced, and, um, you know, um, my joy has returned the joy of my salvation especially. Mm. So. You know, what, what I love about your testimony that you just gave is, is first, I mean, it, it's, I, I think for some of our listeners who, who, who are tuning into this, it's, it's almost a breath of fresh air to think, okay, this, this man's a pastor, this man's in ministry, and he's, yeah. he's suffering through this. It, it, it's one of those uh, things that you want to hide because as a Christian, you're not supposed to be this way. You know, we have this... right. A perception of a Christian who always has a smile on his face because we have the joy of the Lord, right? And so right. we we know all this stuff, and so therefore we should be of the most of all people. We should be the most encouraged, and you are struggling, um, and it just makes matters worse when you know we don't talk about these issues. Then uh, right. it just festers. But I, I love the 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 idea of Christian community around you. You're not just your yeah. pastors, but the body of Christ surrounding you in this time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, okay, you don't have to show up to church with a smile on your face. You know, that's... Right. Come and, and be who you are so that the gospel can be applied uh, where it needs to be applied, and we can, we can help where that needs to help. Uh, but let's, um, let, let's backtrack a little bit, and I mean, there's so much to unpack there, but let's unpack yeah. that word depression first. Um, sure. What do we mean by depression? I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, everybody gets depressed from time to time. There, there's times of sadness, but this is not what we're talking about. Well, it's not just, um, grief is often uh, a trigger for it, uh, and uh, sadness is a part of depression, but it is not depression in and of itself. Hmm. Uh, depression, I think, goes a bit beyond that. It is a mental state of, um, I would almost describe it as uh, lethargy, um, where you have, uh, as I mentioned before, as I had, a severe loss of interest in things that you used to, used to enjoy, where you, you feel like you're moving through quicksand um, and you're, you're inactive, where you have feelings of hopelessness and dejection, um, where you may even experience difficulty in thinking or concentrating. You may experience an increased or decreased appetite, depending on, on your personality in part and what you're going through, um, which is often accompanied with weight loss or, or gain, which can sometimes even add to it. Mm. Um, you may have a big change in sleeping patterns. Uh, you may feel like you're physically keyed up or that you are slowed down. As I mentioned for me, it was um, going in slow motion. Um, you may experience in depression suicidal thoughts or tendency or even just self-destructive ones. 
Um, so depression is kind of hard to nail down exactly. Um, to say that it is the same as sadness is, is you're right, not a complete uh, view of it. It goes beyond that. Um, and I think there is often uh, demonstrated a prolonged uh, sadness, if you would. Like um, the duration of it is different. It's not just like, oh, I feel sad today. Or, um, you know, you have a flash of sadness. It's a, it's a, it's a prolonged time of it. Uh, sometimes, um, like being in a pit, as it's described in Scripture, mm. you know, where he lifts me out of the pit. Um, that's kind of what it's like. You feel like you're in a pit and you can't claw, dig, or, or, or find your way out. You're just there um, in a so great place. There, there's a hopelessness there. I, I've heard some describe this yeah. as, as a fog. You think that's a... That's a yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I think, I think that'd be pretty accurate to describe it as a fog, as, as a gray, <laughs> just... Um, cloud all around you, uh, which, you know, they portray in all the medical commercials that you may see out there for different um, different drugs and, and medicines that can help. But um, it is. It's like the black cloud is always following you around. It's always covering you, and you can't see the light sometimes. And what you're describing, I mean, you've already talked about medication, but this is not mm-hmm. just a spiritual problem, but there is actual physical ailments involved right. in this. So. Talk about a little Absolutely. bit about that, because it isn't, so as Christians, sometimes we wrestle with that idea, should I take medication oh, yeah. for this, or uh, there, there's a hesitancy there, so what would you counsel in, in that regard? Well, I would say, first off, we have to have good theology of uh, what makes a person, right, right. And, and, and a good uh, theology of the fall, so that we understand what may cause it, what may not cause it, what may be a part of it, what may not be a part of it. Uh, we've got to recognize that the whole person was marred in the fall, that we were damaged. Our, our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, all those things were damaged in the fall. Um, and those are the same things that God eventually, in the end, will completely redeem. But all, every part of us was affected by it. Um, and so um, those parts also affect each other, I think. And I'm not trying to emphasize, you know, um, tripartism or bipartism of of how a person divided up, but I'll just say if I would identify, you know, our thoughts, our, our, our body, and, you know, our spirit, uh, however they may be delineated, I have no idea. I'm not going to try and make a big statement on that. But all those things affect each other. So um, uh, it, certain biological factors affect um, my mental health and my spiritual health. Um, if I am uh, not sleeping very much, uh, or have just an erratic sleep cycle, if I don't exercise much, if I have a poor diet, or I don't, um, uh, I, I may be taking other drugs that could be another thing, or I'm physically ill, those, those are some, just some biological factors that can enter into it. Yes, mm-hmm. there are other causes for sure. Um, there can be uh, relational causes, for instance, um, parental rejection, when your mom and dad reject you for whatever reason, that can bring you down. Um, uh, a pattern of negative thinking or um, even life stress could do it. If you've been abused and you haven't dealt with some of those things, that can cause it. Um, anger can be a big uh, cause. Uh, sometimes I've heard some people call depression as anger turned inwards. And I think that's true in some cases, but not all. Because um, guilt, I think, could be another one. Yeah. Um, but, of course, there's spiritual warfare, too, which we underestimate. 
um, we underestimate the 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 effect of uh, the spiritual battle that is going on all around us, mm. um, and that Satan, if he can get us distracted, depressed, you know, destroy us in any which way, delay our our work or, or discourage us, he wants to do. Right. Um, so that 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 of course is a factor too. Um, as I mentioned before, grief was a major factor for me, and I think this is actually pretty underestimated. This whole concept of grief in regards to depression or even anxiety. Um, you know, because whenever we experience a big loss, that is when we start grieving, when something changes even. Uh, we could have either, either a loss through death, a loss through uh, relocation, you know, someone's moved somewhere else, or you moved somewhere where you're not where you used to be, something else has changed in your life. You may have had a loss or a broken relationship, or maybe you have had a change in your circumstances just in general that you were not prepared for and now you're grieving over. Um, it can also be even change in life stages. Um, you know, you've gone from one school to the next or one job to the next, or maybe you're out of a job, and that could lead you to a place of grief where you're now trying to wrestle with how do I, how do I handle these emotions accompanied by these changes? And, um, you know, sometimes if, if uh, you're not handling them very well, not processing them very well, that grief can overtake you and can become depression and lead you into a downward spiral. But at what point do you think, I mean, you're contemplating, perhaps you're someone contemplating, am I in a season of depression right now? Is this something I'm suffering with? At what point do you would you say it might be time to consult an actual medical doctor? Well, um, that's a good question. I think um, you have to be honest with yourself, um, and, and there's a lot of different evaluative stuff I would say you could do before you do that. Um, you may want to figure out what is going on uh, with you. Like, for instance, you know, I mean, are you having negative or critical or complaining thoughts? Is that accompanying your um, depression? It could point towards anger. Um, are you holding on to something against another person? Hey, that could point to unforgiveness. You know, if you simply cannot let go and you are just seething at them and, and, and uh, whenever you hear their name or uh, are in their presence, you just wish they were no longer in the presence of uh, you or this world. Um, or maybe, uh, you know, where you, uh, as mentioned before, you kind of want to stay in bed all day and you want to hide from things. That could be, again, connected to fear. Um, or, um, you know, maybe there are just some things that you used to do that, yeah, I mean, it, now you're kind of just scared of doing those. Uh, so that could be connected to that. Um, maybe there's some shame, some shame that you haven't dealt with. Um, and, and guess what? Sometimes shame is actually a good thing. Uh, to be ashamed of something you've done wrong, uh, so long as uh, you're listening to the Holy Spirit and not Satan, because Satan will condemn you and tell you you're never going to be better than this, never going to overcome this. Uh, but the shame from the Holy Spirit, where you should feel embarrassed, you should feel bad about what you've done, uh, should lead you to change. So shame, um, in some of those situations, you might have to deal with that. Um, or maybe even just a sense of low self-worth, that you haven't really looked to the cross and, and seen who Jesus says you are, how much you are worth to him. And maybe you've gotten lost in some of those things. So... Um, I've kind of forgotten your question, but those are some of the things that 
if you if you evaluate those things, now I remember, if you evaluate some of those things and you start to look at some of those things and, and you start working through some of those things um, and you're still feeling so stuck, like your body is, is, is not catching up with where you are um, and, uh, and, and you feel like you might need some help, I would say go to a doctor at that point because you may be... Um, you may be in a state of depression that your body has just kind of said, hey, I'm, I'm out of balance. Um, we've been stuck in this for however long, uh, or you've been holding on to that for however long to the point where we are um, out of balance, kind of like vitamins in our body, you know. Right. Um, if, if, if we lack a certain amount or we're not eating healthy food, if all I ate was Twinkies every day, I would definitely feel bad. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and same thing with our spiritual health in regards to depression. If, if we keep doing the same stupid things over and over again, why do we expect a different result? That's right. insanity. So, so when it comes down to it, yeah, I mean, um, I would say, you know, if you start having self-destructive feelings, that's probably when you need to go talk to somebody. Right. Talk to anybody. Talk to your pastor. Talk to a Christian counselor. Talk to uh, your doctor. Whoever you may talk to. Evaluate some of those things, and even some of those things that I mentioned earlier about some of the, the causes of it, you know, the lack of sleep, exercise, diet, and all that stuff, and look honestly at some of those things. Um, yeah, I think it's important because we don't have to, you don't have to immediately jump to the conclusion that I need uh, medication for this. Right. Not that there's anything, we don't have to be ashamed of that either if that's the case, but there are other options to look at and to evaluate your life, and so... You know, maybe Definitely. talk to a, a good friend. Hey, listen, what have you observed about me lately? Or a spiritual right. counselor, a pastor, someone who has well, and that was, watch over your That soul. was exactly what happened for me. If it weren't for my, my friend who's a Christian counselor saying, I think this would be beneficial for you to help you through this time. Right. Not as a permanent solution, whereas I know there are some people who their bodies simply require a permanent solution of some medicine. But you're right. I did not. I actually really did not want to do that. I did not want to go on medicine. I was afraid of um, the side effects potentially. I was afraid of, you know, <laughs> I, I've I've had a, a friends and roommates in the past who have gone through uh, some form of depression or had a, a severe imbalance, and they kind of became almost zombies mm-hmm. uh, on some of the meds that they were on back in the day. And um, so I really did not want to do it. Um, I was really resistant to the idea because I just you know, I was kind of believing that lie as a Christian. Right. But if I had a broken leg um, and the bone was protruding out of my skin and I saw it and I felt it every time I took a, tried to take a step, I would go to the doctor. I would. But for some reason, um, you know, as, as Christians, when it comes to mental stuff, we say, ah, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you know. Right. And, and that's not exactly a healthy viewpoint. You know, and there's we a look fear at the, there, I think, that people... Are afraid that well, if, if I'm depending upon drugs, am I depending upon God anymore? Am right, I losing right. faith. But here's, the, here's that's where we also have to have a theology of medicine, which is right. kind of crazy because we don't we don't have an understanding of the fact that God gives grace to mankind to be able to have uh, an ability to discover different ways of healing ourselves. Um, when my wife was in the hospital, um, I shared on Facebook various statuses, and I had um, a former student of mine comment on it. Uh, to the point where he was saying, well, you know, they did go to school for, you know, 10 years or whatever for this. So, you know, it's not necessarily God. And I'm like, but who gave God their minds? Who gave mm. God their wisdom? Who gave God their gifts and abilities to heal? Even even if they're not believers, God 
you know, we underestimate common grace in this world, that there is such thing, and it is all around. Uh, and God is, is so gracious to us um, and, uh, and so loving and, and, and has so many outlets for his grace. We can't discount some of these things. Well, we're out of time here uh, on this this week's edition of the podcast. And uh, Jim, I just thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us. And you're going to stick around for our, our next program as well. And so we're, we're going to kind of wrap things up here. But first, before we conclude this interview, before we conclude this segment, we've got to go yeah. to our traditional, our random question, which has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about. So are you ready for the randomness? I'm ready for random. Bring it on. All right. Now, this isn't completely random because I know you're somewhat of a nerd. Um, <laughs> and so my question for you is, which Star Wars character do you most identify with? Oh, oh boy. That's a really good one. Um, I wish I were Yoda, wise and, and, and insightful. And, uh, you know, um, I... <laughs> of energy i'd love to be him but uh you know honestly i see um i see anakin's uh path and how he went through all sorts of stuff and i see how hmm. he went down the path of anger and how that's a potential for all of us um, well you went deep there. so yeah sorry about that <laughs> yeah you, you talk about my favorite subject matter star wars so that's apart from of course the gospel See, I, I would have just said, like, Chewbacca, because I just like to yell and make – I don't make any sense. and just get things done and hit people if I need to. But sure, you're going sure. deep in there, so, so good. All yeah. right, well, uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, as, as we wrap things up here, um, don't forget to check out uh, the blog, www.kevinjthompson.info. And we'll have a link uh, to Jim Oakley's blog. We'll talk about that uh, more next time, but we'll have a link to that on, on our website. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Be generous. Give us a, a, a good a good rating. And, of course, share this with your friends. Hit it up on Facebook or Twitter. And don't be, forget to be looking for the next week's poll question on Twitter, at Kevin J. Thompson. Probably put that up around uh, Monday or so. Well, have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll be back next time. 